Welcome to Theme Team. Hi, my name's Preet. I'm Adam. I'm Jeb. It's our belief that movies that resonate with us are the ones that are trying to say something. They make some sort of statement about a better way to live. Some people call this a theme, others a moral. We call it an armature. The best movies, in our opinions, are the ones that say something specific and say it well. So join us as we analyze and take apart some classic movies and see what they are trying to say. Okay, uh, we are going to be talking about City Slickers. Okay, um, before we start, do we want to take some time to like talk about what an armature is and maybe like unpack some of the things that we've just kind of taken advantage of, I guess, in the last few podcasts? Oh yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so we're all uh, pretty big fans of Brian McDonald and... Um, there's a few outlets you can re like look into his thoughts on story. Uh, one would be his book Invisible Ink. Then another would be a podcast um, put on by a YouTube channel called Belief Agency. And uh, Preet, do you want to talk about what an armature is? Uh, sure. Um, so the idea of uh, an armature is. Um, it is what your story is about, is the theme of the story, um, the idea behind it. It's what you're trying to say. Um, the idea that uh, Adam, Jeb, and I believe makes a good story, film in this case, because we're talking about films uh, on this podcast, is um, that this, the film has something to say. And it is used to uh, convey an idea. The main sort of overarching um, expression of that is the idea that all stories have a purpose. They have survival information in them of some kind, whether it's not necessarily physical survival, or but you know perhaps mental survival, or just some kind of kernel of information that is good for uh, the consumption of people so it can you can use it to make your life better in some way and the story that you're watching is conveying that idea to you it is the um the fluition of that theme to uh to get that idea across to the viewer yeah so <laughs> anytime we say armature that's what we're trying to figure out we're trying to some people will call it the theme. The reason he uses armature is uh, to specifically talk what, talk about what he wants to talk about because some people say themes are like, it, the love is the theme. Whereas a theme is a specific claim. Like, love can't be a theme, but love conquers all or love is better than money. Like, that is a theme. It's a specific claim that the story is kind of wrestling with. So, Anything else anybody wants to say about that? The, uh, the full, the full, the full. Uh, I I couldn't remember what I was speaking, what I was talking a minute ago, but it, it just came to me. So, um, the idea that and this isn't our idea. This is an idea we got from Brian McDonald. He talks about it in his podcast and in his book. Um, is that stories do not have a theme. You can't arbitrarily put a theme onto a story. Stories are a theme. 
they are the manifestation of the theme. They, the whole point of the story that you're neither watching or reading is to get is to get that idea across to you. Cool. So, like Jeb said, we watch City Slickers. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. What What did you guys think the armature was? Jeb's got notes. <laughs> Came prepared. Yeah, I was something portraying me. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the theme was um, how do we phrase it? You know, you have to know what to live for. Something like that. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's somewhat what I wrote down. I. I need to. I. Need, you need to find what's most important to you. Hmm. Uh, but I like your, your articulation of that. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, well, go ahead. I have to think um, about uh, what I want to say a little bit. Yeah. No, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna agree that 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 feels feels pretty good to me. The the. There might be a slightly different articulation to it, but it that feels like it's the in, in the uh, the good general area of what the the movie is about because it's it's about a guy who who doesn't know what's important in his life anymore, and then going on this this uh, this trip with his friends allows him to kind of. Uh, sort of figure out that that's what's missing in his life. He doesn't actually even know that that is what's missing in his life. Like he doesn't understand mm. what's in, that he needs to know what's important to him, and then so he can appreciate it. Um, I think the thing that I liked about articulating it that way is it also talked about like what to do about it, like how to act. Like um, I, I had a few quotes here let me let me find them they're from that one scene where Curly's like you know gotta gotta live for one thing kind of thing mm -hmm. which was obviously a very important conversation but it started out with uh, let me find it okay so yeah it starts out the conversation with um, you know they're talking about Curly falling in love and then he doesn't uh go after it and uh billy crystal's character what was his name oh uh, mitch mitch yeah, yeah. yes mitch was like well no that's that's not great like you could have been with her and uh then curly's like well well first off he says you know, my cowboy leads a different kind of life and then he says still means something to me though we'll move this uh in a couple days, we'll move this herd across the river, drive them through the valley. There's nothing like bringing in a herd. And then Mitch says, see now, that's great. Your life makes sense to you. So I thought that line was kind of important because mm -hmm. his life makes sense to him and how to act. And, you know, he didn't go after that girl because that didn't make sense to him. It wasn't, it wasn't the one thing his life was about. Right. Yeah, and that's what, like, I think the, uh, 
the the really good thing that City Slickers does is um, is set this up set set up Mitch in the first act, like he is a totally lost soul. Yeah, like he he is doesn't know what's important to him anymore. He doesn't know what his life is about. Mm-hmm. He's and that's where he's why he's lost. He's like he's, you know you've reached a point in your life. He says something like reached a point in life is like oh I'm never gonna look any better than I do now. I'm never gonna have a better job than I do now. Yeah. This is like so he's he's feel like he's peaked and he doesn't know what it's been a, what mm-hmm. it's been for. Mm-hmm. Is what he feels. Yeah, yeah. I think the line was uh, like like yeah yeah basically this is the best that I'm ever going to look to feel. This, is the best I'm ever, ever going to look, and it's not that great. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah, and that whole first act, like each of the characters in their own way, um, are either both uh, Mitch and then the tall guy. I'm so bad with names. Uh, Phil. Phil. Yes. So yeah. they they both articulate their lives as being trapped. Like, mm-hmm. There's not no way to kind of. I guess more or less gain direction. They're just where they are. And then Ed is more like, he's just, he's doing the same pattern he's always done, you know, dating younger women, um, always going after some crazy thing, but it's like, he's not really growing or he has no specific direction for growth either. They're just all kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They all have the same problem. They don't have, they don't know, the one thing that's uh they haven't found the one thing that's important to them yeah and that's so, why they're going on all all these uh crazy vacations and everything trying to f- to fill that void yeah and yeah because they're just the three different manifestations of that like you got um phil who's in an unhappy marriage he hates his wife who hates him <laughs> and has which and it's a hilarious scene. It's <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, they hate each other in a completely loveless marriage, and that's and they're both him, Phil, and what's the other friend's name? Ed. Ed. Um, they're both clones of Mitch, right? Just in different directions. It's the one was like, you know, well, if you know, you could be you're, like. He's in a marriage, and and his marriage is fine. He loves his wife. His wife loves him. He's got they've got kids. The kids are healthy. There's no problems. But he is directionless. But it could be, mm-hmm. you know, it could be as bad as Phil, where he's in a completely loveless marriage. They've got kids. Their kids are healthy, or whatever. But he hates his wife. She hates him, and it's making his life a living hell. Um, or it could be on Ed's side, who's not. Uh, uh, I guess shackled is the way Ed would put it to uh, to one person in marriage. He's just kind of freely going around, a you know, just essentially going from girl to girl as he gets bored, kind of thing. Um, but he is actually still directionless and trapped because he doesn't understand why he's doing any of this mm-hmm. right. and he, he he really like the throughout the whole movie he keeps talking to phil about uh, um 
He talks to Phil about having the affair, but he talks to Mitch about the fact that he doesn't understand how Mitch can be monogamous. Right. He just does not get it. Yeah, which is funny because he's newly married. Yeah. Yeah, that's... He's an interesting character. What? Um, so there's that whole scene. I didn't get this far the second time I watched it today, but uh, that scene where the three of them are kind of more or less talking about their childhood, and then he talks about his dad walking out on him. Did that play yeah. into kind of why he does what he does? Uh, yeah, they uh, where they're basically going back and forth, asking, "Was your your best day? Was your worst day?" Right, and and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he was reluctant to uh, talk about it, but once he did, he, yeah, it was basically that uh, as that that was was a uh, was a uh, a uh, uh, on that was with someone else, yeah, and they they had ended up having to to confront him, and in which uh. It, his dad then then left, uh, yeah, and that was both both his best and worst day, mm-hmm. and, yeah. And so I guess like, like he has a fear of being that that same person, like like not wanting, uh, uh, to put to potentially put put his own family through that. Why he doesn't want to want to re- settle down, you know, raise a family, yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez, that's I just realized that's why he has that's why he has an argument with Phil because Phil cheated on his wife. Mm. Ed gets around that he's got a loophole that mm. he's put into his head that as long as he's he's not cheating on one woman with another woman, he's basically just like he has a what a, a relationship for however long, and then like they break up and he moves on to the next girl kind of thing. So he, in his head, he's made that okay for himself. Because he's like, well, he's not doing what his dad did. He's not cheating. It's not like he's knocking girls up and uh, leaving them, you know, with a baby and running away. He's just like, he's having a relationship. When it gets too much, he leaves because he doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't want to... He's afraid of being his dad. Mm. Which right. is... Right. And, yeah, cause, and, yeah, that's the really kind of point you'd poignant bit about him saying that that was both his best and his worst day because he's the one who stood up to his dad and told him he can't do that to his mom and to get out Mm -hmm. but he loved and respected his dad right he like he was close to him um and that's why he said it's like so it was his best day because he stood up for his mom because he loved his mom and she didn't deserve to be treated the way his dad was treating her and uh and then they're like well what was your worst day it's like same day because I never saw my dad again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how that kind of... That motif of, like, becoming a man played into each of their lives. Uh-huh. Like, uh, those were all memorable days. And when, like... Yeah, and that day, I felt like a man. Right. I don't, I don't know how that plays into anything else. I just thought it was interesting. Well, I, I think... I think the idea of that is because there's, it's interesting, this, this might be looking too deep into it, but I think before the kind of time when that film was coming out, the idea of, a, you know, the idea of a life was maybe simpler, 
so you you had your purpose was to you know you became a man you got married and you provided for your family and that was it right mm-hmm. and providing for your family was a more rugged thing because mm. right? you know things weren't no you know this movie's like in the late 80s early 90s i guess like in that sort of time period so it's like you know you're not working in a coal mine, you're not working a farm, you're, you're working in a store, or you're working in an advertising agency, or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell Ed does, but... <laughs> he owns a sports shop. Oh, that's it, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so, again, there's another store, it's just, you're doing, it's service work, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways, and even, yeah, they're, and even um, Mitch is, like, selling advertising. He sells, he sells air. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that line. He sells air. Um, but so they have no like. There's no like meaning to what they do, really. Yeah. And that's you know the other reason. Another reason they go on these these big weird like extreme sort of trips to try and like uh, I guess put the uh, like an artificial excitement into them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, because it's like, I guess, forcing themselves into living out, like, mini-stories, because mm-hmm. their overall story isn't, you know, the whole theme of them, they don't have much direction in their normal lives. Right. Um, yeah, it was a pretty simple one to follow, um... There's one line specifically that Phil said that I thought was particularly funny. It was when uh, it was when the first or the one girl came to uh, the ranch, and <laughs> they're all looking at her. And he says, "When I was alive, I would have found her attractive." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. There's I guess more or less he's dead. His his life is dead. Well, he's, at that point he's still because he has growing to do too. Still, right? So right now yeah, he's yeah. still stuck in the. He's still having the conversation at that point of like, what am I going to do? Start over? Mm, like he doesn't right. want. Like yeah. he he feels like this is what his life is about now, and he has to deal with that. Yeah. Um, or you know, or it's going to be it's going to be terrible because he's going to be raked over. But it's like. You know, through the divorce or whatever, I think he said something along the lines about the, you know, he's going to get taken apart in the divorce. And it's like, well, then, you know, you hated your wife, you hated your job. Those two things are now gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll have to deal with your wife in the divorce settlement. And of course, you know, you've got your kids and you want to be, you know, you're going to do the right thing by them. But you're. You know, your two biggest problems that made your life terrible are now done. So, mm-hmm. now what? Yeah. And he has to figure, and he that's what he has to figure out. Right. For, and then for Ed, it's the other way around. It's like, it's understanding that, you know, settling down isn't the end of things. Yeah. Or not really the, the end of things, like... He has to learn that he's not his dad, and he could be better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be his one thing. Yeah, or something along those lines. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then for Mitch, it is, it's just, it is his family for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I... I would have to fully articulate it out, but I, I more or less agree with that with that uh, theme. Like, you need to know what you're working towards, or else yeah. you're kind of just floating through life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Like, it, like he lays out his, his whole his whole uh, a perspective on, on at the start of the movie when he's you know talking like you know. Get, you know, you know, talk about his job in the in the classroom. Oh, the classroom. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, here's like, this, like here, here's what what's in store for the rest of my life. You know, and it's just just getting worse. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Since yeah, since he has no uh, goal or center, he, he like always sees as the the growing older part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, right, like the only thing growing is his age, not yeah. uh, not what he's working towards, not what uh, where like his efforts are kind of manifesting, you know, and his kids yeah. and his family and his work. Yeah, and now his cow. <laughs> yeah, which was <laughs> it was a weird part. Yeah, well, actually, I was just thinking about it. it's. Actually, yeah, uh, like think about it. Watching it a second time, like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, uh, I, I think that was, that was used to, uh, to imply, uh, like, like how he, how he, how he reached his conclusion at the end, as far as like what was most important, because, like, you know, the whole time he's looking after. after 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 that calf, yeah. Mm, okay. And so they're like, oh, that's his kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that is that's true. All. I think even how they do that sequence is like, I I wish I could remember exactly how that last part went, but it is like he says, and now I know my one thing is like the next cut was of his kids getting out of the car. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, there's also, like, I think there's two things happening in that scene as well. There's, that's his rebirth. Right. Because he, like, the, like, Curly asks him to help, and he's very reluctant, but he's, he tries, and he's, like, very, like, oh, oh my god, no, I don't want to do this, uh, uh, and as soon as he pulls the the baby out and lands on it. He's like, "Oh my god, I, I made a cow!" And he's just—he's happy and super elated. And then that's the start of his new life. He's not—I don't think he's—he's right, he's figured right. everything out yet, but he's gotten the message from Curly. He understands it now. Like he understands what he has to do. He still—he has now. He knows that he has to find his one thing. He's mm-hmm. got that kind of profound meaning in him. He just hasn't found it yet, but he knows that's what he has to do. Yeah, and, and even so, this is the line um, he's telling. You know, the other two guys. Uh, he's like, "It's what it's whatever is most important to you." For me, when I was in the river, I was only thinking about one thing. All that other stuff just went away. 
only one thing really mattered to me. And then they cut to their kids, the kids getting out of the car. Says, "Dad, Daddy, you're home." Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, like how they also paid off the, uh, at least brought it back around the, at at the end when he uh, uh, I I got back to his kids and wife uh, that uh, uh. this is his best day. Yeah, yeah. Wait, say that again. Oh, uh, after I I get gets back to it to his uh, a kids and wife, uh, you know, hugs him and he says says to her, "This is my best day." Huh. Yeah, I guess I missed that. That's cool. Yeah, it's right at this. I think it's right before he gets in the car, and his wife asks him what he's talking about or something. Because, you know, she wasn't there for any of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think the other part of the symbolism in when uh, the, the baby cow has a name as well. The calf has a name as well. I can't, do you remember what the... Norman. Norman. Norman, yeah. Um, but I think that's also why, you know... Uh, so Curly has to put down the mother, and that's the end of his old old life. Hmm. Okay. Pretty skin into the symbolism here. <laughs> no, I, it's, I agree. It's, it's very specific. Uh, like, I didn't pick up on it before when I was watching. I was like, oh, but this happens on purpose because he's a different person at this point. Right. Right. Now he has something to care about. Right. Because mm-hmm. even, yeah, for sure. Because then that's then put to the test when the two cowboys kind of, you know. Are messing with him and put the mm-hmm. gun in the cow's uh, mouth and stuff like. Yeah. Now everything else is kind of going away, and he again is caring about the one thing. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I like stuff. Yeah. There's. Uh. Like. Overall, the movie is great. I really enjoyed it. There were a couple of things that kind of hitched me a little bit. But I think it was more just because the way they were trying to play some of the comedy. Um, the comedy, it was a little too like Seinfeld world for me. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of just uh, kind of stand up stuff. That just like, okay. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually did like that. Uh, yeah, it was like it. You know, it was uh, a Mitch mostly mostly making the jokes and everything, but. Like, but like everyone else were like aware of them, right? Like, like it just came off as really sad. Like, yeah. You know, like you, you know, he, he's trying to, yeah, it's like mask out, like uh, how lost he is, and he's like, ah, it's a joke. Like, yeah. mm. it was that like, is, no, that is a good point because that, like, his jokes even come up with that conversation with Curly where. Curly's like you. You have a lot of fun at my expense. And he's like, it's a joke. It's just uh, kind of what I do. I think even he's a little more self-abasing. That's a good point. Like, they're not jokes for the audience. Like, they're actually in world, and yeah, they yeah. do seem sad. Yeah, it was just him dealing with this, with what's going on. I don't think anyone ever in- laughs at them. Either. No, not really. Well, no. the, the bit at the school, he ha- he does a, he does like a type five in front of the kids, <laughs> like after uh, 
after he, like, you know, once he has the kind of, like he says, like, cherish this, this time of your life, kids, because it goes quickly, and then starts going, or maybe he says that at the end of it, but, like, he, like, he goes into, like, a tirade, more or less, of, of, like, what's gonna happen to their lives, like, like your twenties, just shoot past. You don't even know what happened to them. Your thirties, you get married, you have kids. You know, you you, know, you try you try and save a little money, um, and then all of a sudden you're forty. In your forties, you get fat, you start going bald. <laughs> it's just like these matter of fact things that keep happening. Um, and then you get to like it gets to like you know your sixties or your seventies. You're um the you're you you start to talk about the same things all the time with your wife, and the music gets too loud. And then your 80s, the music's still too loud, but you can't hear it anymore because you're deaf. <laughs> it's just like this this terrible, like, run of horrible shit that happens to you through your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that one part. It's like, you're, I think it's 60s or 70s. Like, you're, you're going to have a uh, surgery. You're going to call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. Those were more for the audience type jokes. But, well, he has an audience. True. But like, Some of them are laughing for a minute because they're like, oh, oh yeah, this guy's kooky and weird. And then it just gets more and more sad and sad. depressing. And there's yeah. like, and they're kids, so they uh, they don't understand what's yeah. happening anymore. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, it definitely rang as, as like, <laughs> it, like very hollow and bitter. It's not for anyone, but just like, I, he's like, Almost having to self real this like realization on the spot and is just verbalizing it. Like, yeah. Um, this uh, another thing I was thinking about. Uh, uh, Mitch, Ed, and Phil actually bought that the three of them were friends. Like, I don't know. It, it, like, I've seen like like other like it seems like yes, you know, somebody like. Uh, uh, comedy movies with the you know with the group of friends, and and it seems like usually they're they're just do, doing the making fun of each other part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, which uh, this does, but you know, I felt like I also had the other other side of that too, which was just you know the it, like hey, having actual conversations with each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, and you know which makes them making fun of. You know, party, you know, it's clearly, oh, they're just kidding around too. You know, they mm-hmm. they actually like each other. It's it's all right. jazz. It's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, no, you, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. You buy it right away. That's why, like, it, it's why when they do argue, it clangs immediately. Like, oh wait, this is different. This mm. isn't the jerky yeah. banter. This is a real argument right now. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably. That's, I was gonna say that's why that works, but it's also that's why you buy that, right? And they have to get that across. They have mm-hmm. to get across that they they are friends who've had like a long time, like they a close bond, a close relationship with these guys. Um, yeah. So they're also you can pretty honest. Tell. I'm sorry. They're also pretty honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Like even yeah. from right at the beginning, Mitch is telling Ed like. We, this has to stop, you know. You're, have you? Are we the only ones who are noticing that your girlfriends are getting younger the older you get? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's just done, yeah, and that's just like, it's clear, this immediately clear, this is a conversation they've had before, and you bought and you buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preet, you mentioned earlier that there were a few things that I guess you weren't sure about, or you just weren't that excited about. Yeah, it's just, I think for me it was just the, um, uh, it was the other two cowboys. Oh, okay. Like, uh, they just they just felt kind of odd, but it makes sense that they were there. They had to be there because, you know, they couldn't only be curly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then because then they have curly die, they're not on their own. They still have like these other people to to uh, help them, but because those two guys are assholes. And they set it, and they do set it up because they set they set it up at the beginning when they're they're kind of they're being uh, like very sort of like childish and overbearing on the uh, the one lady there that's by herself. Yeah. And so they they so they set it up so it works. It just it just kind of like maybe that's what maybe it might have just been that I didn't pick up on that the first time that it was necessarily the same guys because you don't really see him again you see him at that bit and then you don't see him and then you see him when they're like burying curly (laughs) yeah yeah for the most part i think they're around but yeah they're not in the focus yeah so i think i I think that's what just tongue me up the on the first few and was like like oh wait those guys oh okay um, and the weird drunk cook guy. <laughs> um, but yeah. then yeah, it does. It they like they serve. They all serve their purpose though. They're not superfluous characters, right? Um, mm. like they serve the need of like. Well, no, you know they're still we we still think they're okay after they lose Curly, but mm-hmm. oh no, they're not because those two guys are you know jerks and they you know get end up getting essentially running off. And abandoning them, and the cook they lose as well to injury or something. Yeah, and you could say also they're an antithesis clone character because, at least when Curly uh, passed, like I, I had that same feeling. It was like, oh well, they're still in, you know, experienced hands. But then you could say those cowboys didn't know what they were living for, and that's why, mm. like, yeah. That's why they kind of goofed off and then ended up just kind of running away and leaving all these mm. super experienced yeah. tourists to handle this, you know, job. Yeah. Like they, they, they just did things like, mm-hmm. but without any, any I thought, reason behind it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. But, okay. Yeah. No, I'm good. That makes sense then. Because, yeah, I was like, I was trying to think about it, and I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like, if you didn't have all the tourists, you'd still need, like, right. the three guys to wrangle the cattle, right? Because you mm-hmm. need someone to stay with them and someone to go after the ones that kind of stray away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need the guy with the, because uh, the guy with the food in the, in the carriage, like he's gonna be slower, 
Yeah. Because he's got the one horse in the carriage or two horses in the carriage, so he's not necessarily going to be able to keep up. But they need the supplies because they're out there for like, like a week or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, I I will say I felt equally weird when they kind of dropped off because I think it was just that reaction of like, wait, like if these tourists weren't here, would you guys be just dropping the ball too? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys were hired cowboys this is your job but yeah i mean they just they didn't have direction so they're just like nah maybe that's yeah that's why curly was there true he did say actually at the beginning that there would be a i think he called curly the trailhead yeah like he gave them their direction they were they respected him Mm -hmm. or they were scared of him right and they would just do what he said but then since he was gone they were not there was nothing kind of keeping them uh, in check. Yeah. Because really, if you're like, if you take the tourists out of it, if if your job is just to like ride hundreds of miles across country and then sleep sleep in the middle of the desert, what else is there really to do but drink at night? Just to, like. Relax and unwind and just like pass out so you can wake up in the morning and start all over again. Sure. Which, that, that's another interesting point in them being antithesis clone characters. Just kind of get money, drink, and then do the same in the morning. Yeah. Hmm. Alright, well, I, I feel pretty good overall about that movie. I don't know if I have anything else yeah. to talk about. It's, yeah, I've thought that was really good. I, it's, it's crazy just, just thinking about, um, like how, how important that message is. Just, hmm. it's like like how how many people are in that in that point of their lives where they hmm. where they don't have direction or anything. Yeah, it's like, that's... Oh, you, you watch the city slickers. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's. I I think. I don't, know, I don't want to get too deep in this, but that, that is, I I think it is a big problem. I I don't think it's an easy thing to solve either. Like finding one thing that's meaningful to kind of put all of your effort, like to recontextualize all of your efforts towards. That's obviously a big task. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's a wholly worthwhile one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's another way of putting it is, like, finding your purpose. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, finding that one thing. Yeah. I guess the, the one final thing that I might want to put some thought into would be what the other people what the other tourists represent because mm. um, the the lady is um, is she's a vehicle for I think for Mitch and Ed to uh, I guess discuss their different philosophies on a relationship 
that allows, I guess, it starts allowing Ed to understand what Mitch means. Because, yeah, they have this whole thing about, like, he's like, oh, what, you know, she's, how come the first thing you said to her was I'm married? He's like, oh, you know, it was a dumb thing to say, sure, but it's, like, I meant it, though. It was like, it was him just saying, by the way, don't, it, it was silly, but it's a silly, it's a bit of a silly movie, but that was him expressing that he's not, like, nothing is going to happen. Right. Because yeah, I'm not willing to clear. allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, the Ed just doesn't understand that. And that's, you know, that's kind of the, the source of their friction for a while, because he just doesn't get it. And that's why he has the whole, like thing about um you know the most beautiful woman in the world comes down in a spaceship and she wants to you know have a night with you and then she'll be gone forever like you still wouldn't do it and he's like no because the problem isn't that my wife wouldn't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) the problem is i would know yeah and he just doesn't get that like and i get that's his day like he grows to understand like like that from him but yeah, that's the thing that's broken in his mind. Mm-hmm. And then that's, yeah, that's kind of what he, uh, that's how he gets to understand Curly as well, because he tells him that story, uh, that, that, that situation gives him, gives Curly that scenario. Mm-hmm. And like, like, I think he says something like, is she a redhead? And he's like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, but. <laughs> he actually, he doesn't even answer it. He, he jokes like, is, he, is she redhead? I like redheads. And then I think yeah. literally they just skip to, have you ever been in love? And then he tells right. the story. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. That's right, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Uh, I was just going to try to ponder like the other characters. Because, yeah, there's the two dentists and then the ice cream guys. Yeah. Like those two, I kind of felt like maybe they were sort of, sort of uh, like different versions of the relationship dynamic that could be going on with them. Okay. Because they, because they're close but in different ways because they're family. But Mitch, Phil, and Ed are they're friends, but they're essentially they're they're essentially brothers. Yeah. Right. Like they're they're that close, mm-hmm. um, but there's like the that's the thing I was trying to figure out that sort of dynamic with the rest of them, or if it's just supposed to be like mm. other sort of group di- group relationships just ha- that happen to be tagging along as well. Um, I thought they were more kind of like a tie back to, I guess the the regular world, like. At least with the ice cream guys. The dentists, I'm not entirely sure what role they played. But the ice cream guys seems like the... Like, we're just going to keep reminding you of... Kind civilization. Of, yeah, civiliz- yeah, civilization. Oh, yeah, they're and trying to get like, the Mets okay. game score or something when they're talking to their... On a cell phone, talking to their accountant or something. Right, and when... When all the cowboys kind of run away, it's like all of them were just like, uh, you know, I don't really, I'm just here for vacation. I don't have anything in this anymore. And it was, then, yeah. you know, the three main characters who, well, first the two characters who. 
Oh, no, that's it. So the dentists just leave, because that's mm-hmm. one option. The, I'm sorry, the, the cow, the ice cream guys just leave, because that's one option. The dentists don't leave, like, oh, I'm done with this. The dentists take the cook. Oh. So they embrace it, they, they are like, so there's a calling of some kind, mm-hmm. and they embrace it. Right. They're like, you know, well, I guess we'll take, it's like it's, you know, closest town is 50 miles east or whatever, they oh, say. That's like, right. So it's going to be a couple days journey that way. And then he's like, the dad dentist is like, I guess, you know, we should take him. And his son's like, what do you mean? It's like, we're the only ones with medical training here. And he's like, we're dentists. He's like, yeah, we're better than anyone else. No one else <laughs> right. has got any kind of medical training. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to. And they kind of like, so they have that moment of friction, but then they embrace their, um, like, their direction. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm into that, because that seems, especially with the the father character, uh, he, I I don't know, to me, I would, (laughs) that seems in line with his character. It seems like he was teaching his, his son. Yeah, that's so. I was was getting as well, like, like the, uh, like, like the kid, you know, knew he's a dentist and everything, but he he didn't know, like, the thing behind the thing, like, like why, Mm -hmm. like, like, like what, what, why, why is that? That is, is that, Mm. and you know, yeah, yeah, you know, to help people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's the thing he learns. Yeah. No, that's right. Because, yeah, that's, he's, he's, this is the same, the same thing kind of happens when they first show up and they're like, oh, yeah, we're dentists. And, and I think Mitch is like, oh, you're both dentists. And the son immediately just kind of attacks it as, an, like, as an antagonistic point. And it's mm-hmm. just like, yes, we're both black and we're both dentists. Do you have a problem with that? Right. And his, the dad immediately looks at him and is like, son, it sounds like you're the one who has a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's something like, it wasn't an issue until you made it. One yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, then mm-hmm. that's why, that's why that, like, so that matches up. And then that's the choice that's presented to our three main characters is the, do you embrace the purpose that's, like, in front of you or do you abandon it? Mm-hmm. Because there's no, there's no uh, real cost to them abandoning it. Right. It's not their right? cows. It's not their cows. They were on vacation. Yeah. They paid to go on this. And it's like, <laughs> right. it's like, yeah, you lost your cows? I, I paid you thousands of dollars and got lost in the desert. <laughs> your cows are not my problem. right? And that's completely legitimate point of view to take. It's essentially mm-hmm. the point of view the others take. Yeah, like the ice and, cream guys. Yeah, sure. And yeah, they're those three are the ones who decide to uh, to then like no, we're gonna do this. well. Initially, it's just uh, Ed and Phil, right? And then like Mitch comes back like the next morning or something, and having magically found a cowboy hat somewhere. <laughs> I will say, and maybe it's not that big of a deal because it's beside the point. But how quickly he joined them was kind of anticlimactic. 
I expected them to like get in some larger issue. Maybe we see them ba- yeah. like Mitch back at the camp a little bit, and then like they have sort of a Han Solo type moment. But it was just yeah. kind of like I'm not coming with you. In the next scene, I'm I'm here. I got, yeah. I got a horse. True. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. We stretch that a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because like in that particular case, it's kind of the the thing that we discussed. Like it's Han Solo versus um. Um, like, like you see Han Solo make his change. Like he understands that maybe, like he's already got the creep of showing that he cares. Well, I guess Mitch, Mitch does as well. He already cares mm-hmm. about him, so he just had to, like, get you know get himself straight. But it would have been nice maybe to have a moment of him kind of regretting or something. Yeah, um, but I guess if you do that, then you know you don't get the nice moment of him riding over the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a yeah. it's a small niggle, but yeah, like it's it it could have there's there's probably like other ways that maybe you could have played that, but <laughs> it just it catches me because he shows up and he's wearing like a, he's got a vest and a full on like Stetson and I'm like. Right. Do you find a store? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's come back to the uh, I suppose like clone characters. It, it uh, the ice cream guys. It 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 seemed like like they also knew like like uh what 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 their purpose was in life. You know, like you know mm-hmm. you know like the whole, they, you know, like they made made ice cream, and and even the the scene that we talk about, like oh, he can, he, you know, uh, you know, you, know, you, t- you tell him, you know, in condition, you will be able to able to figure out, you know, the right kind of ice cream to go to go with it afterwards, right. and and uh and 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 that they like when they so when they came came here they they were. Hmm. They were already fine, and you even see like as they're you know practicing you know you know the rope and everything, and yeah, you know later on that, it, uh, 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 they're they're always the most hap most uh, uh happiest characters as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like always, yeah. you know, things like having a good time as Mitch, you know, like, uh, looks on. You know, that's a that's a good point. Like maybe in that moment where they all went back it wasn't that like they went back to life in a direction it was just they didn't need to go on the journey that the three main characters needed to go on right so it's like yeah the dentists were like but at least the I, I like the what we've talked about where the older dentist had sort of his direction he was trying to teach his son that's you know, they take the guy ice cream guys are like we're we're good we know what we live for it's not cattle herding, so we're yeah. so peace. And then, yeah, the three main characters are like we we don't. So we we need to go on this journey, yeah. this hero's journey. Yeah, <laughs> basically, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. There's um the the other kind of symbolism bit, and this isn't mine. This is this is talked about somewhere else. Is the whole the thing with the cows. Is that they're being chased 
by the cows at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And by the end, they're like the masters of the cows. They're the cowboys. Yeah, right. So they're controlling the cows. And they do, like, they have beats of that because, like, they, you know, chase, they're doing the running of the bulls, so they're being chased by the bulls at the beginning. Um, there's the beat in the middle where, like, they've, they've kind of, they've had their training and they set off on the journey and things are kind of coming together sort of thing. Like, like, um, Mitch goes and, like, he gets one of the cows that's running away and brings it back and then he's kind of, like, figuring out, he's messing around doing tricks on the horse and everything, so he's kind of getting, like, they're getting their legs under them and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we got this, we got this. And then the next morning, like, the first night they camp out, the next morning he's got the thing with the coffee grinder yeah, and spooks so all the cows and then they're screwed. Like, right. they're immediately getting chased by the cows again. There's a lot of actual parallel shots to the first um, running of the bulls scene in that, like, for instance, he uh, Mitch grabs a tree, whereas Phil grabbed, like, a flagpole. And then there's a yeah. few just got a guys jumping off to the side like there were in the first shots. Yeah. Hmm. And they literally have the beat of, like, so uh, I think it's Ed and Phil run to their horses to try and start, like, wrangling or stopping them or whatever. And uh, Phil has trouble with his horse or something, and Ed goes and charges off because he's Ed, and that seems to be his character. He's like, he, like, like he charges in just like in all the other situations. The the stupid vacations are always his idea. He charges in the sky, like he has some idea about skydiving or whatever, and he's just, yeah, we're gonna do that. It's fine. We're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So he does that with this, and just gets on the horse and charges after him. And like comes over like a, the brow of a hill, and they're all just like, like charging towards him. They've turned direction and they're coming back after him. He's like, oh god, oh god, I'm gonna die! And just like runs away again. Mm-hmm. So it shows that like he, like he has some maybe. It's the thing that he has. Like maybe he has some sort of bravery and like willing to jump in with both feet, but he's not. The master of his destiny. Yeah. Yet. Right. And that's like. I thought it was interesting. Like, they redo that. Basically, redo that scene right. Like, right as they get going, essentially. Mm-hmm. Just to reinforce, like, no, nah, they, they haven't figured this out yet. Yeah. They still, have, they still have a long way to go. And then, yeah, the beer of them. Finally, in the end, it's just the three of them. And they're controlling. The cattle, metaphorically, mm-hmm. their lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cow, the symbol for direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we're we're at an hour now, yeah. so we can start wrapping it up. Yeah, I think we uh, we covered. We took took that apart fairly succinctly. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Was there, did, we, did we come to a I guess we can close with did we come to a final sort of summation of the armature like the way to articulate it completely did we have an agreement on that I still like um, you have to know what to live for I think it's still like that as well pretty well yeah. encapsulates what it's what it all says mm-hmm. yeah I also like that we started with that <laughs> this time, like, yeah, I 
uh, so so we could just like form our conversation around how it supports that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what you just did, guys. Just did a three X structure. Boom. <laughs> and you could have watched the film in about the same amount of time. Yeah. It was like half hour <laughs> longer, maybe to get it had, but yeah. yeah. We saved you thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, by the way, anyone who is listening to this, I hope you are watching the movies before we, yeah, before no. we then just essentially give you a DVD commentary <laughs> when we're not actually watching along with the movie. That's why we're jumping all over the place. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Let us know what you guys think in the comments or feedback section. Next time we'll be looking at Billy Wilder's The Apartment. So... Come on, come listen with us, and we'll figure out what that movie is about. All right, bye.